Hello and welcome to Mag Heroes, a show about magazines and the people who make them. I'm Dan Rowden, founder of Magpile and Subset. On this episode, I chat with Danny Giacopelli, editor of Courier, a business magazine based and launched in London, but now focused on startups and companies worldwide. Courier is one of my favorite magazines at the moment, so I was really excited for this chat, and I hope you enjoy it too. Listen on to hear Danny talk about his time as a producer and host at Monocle Magazine's radio station, his move to Korea a couple of years ago, and how he now oversees the publication of two different print titles under the Korea brand. Subsale is a web service I built for independent publishers. Its only aim is to make selling and managing subscriptions easy. You can set up renewing subscriptions in minutes, and then Subsale provides you with sales charts and helpful tools to easily view and export your fulfillment lists. It handles your whole subscription workflow, and as it's built only for magazines, does everything you need and nothing more. Get started for free at subsale.com. That's S-U-B-S-A-I-L.com. Now on with the show. Hi, Danny. How's it going? Hey, Dan. How are you? Yeah, I'm doing very well. Um, it's a lovely kind of spring summer day here in Mauritius. Um, it's getting a bit hot here, but I'd imagine back where you are in London, <laughs> might be going the opposite way. <laughs> Absolutely miserable as always here in London. If you look at the, uh, the, the Apple weather app, it's like the next five days, it's just cloudy and rainy and cold. So yeah, it sounds, sounds ideal. Um, <laughs> We're actually coming back to Europe. We'll be in Europe when this episode airs, actually. Um, so we're looking forward to some cold weather. Um, we might not enjoy it more than like a day. <laughs> we'll see how far we get. And now you're you're a Brit, or where, where are you from, Dan? Yeah, yeah, I'm from England. Nice. And you decided to move well, to the um, to the gorgeous Mauritius for a bit of time. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Um, we saw an opportunity to come here. Um, work. I'm self-employed, so I can work from anywhere. And they have a Scheme to get people here. Cool. So it's a perfect career story. <laughs> You're living and working on your own terms, Dan. Yes, I am. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I guess that leads me to ask you, you obviously, well, not obviously, but you sound like you're not from London. <laughs> so what's, what's your origin story? Uh, my or I'm, I'm not Batman, but my origin story is <laughs> I am from uh, a sleepy little town um, in the suburbs of New York. Okay. And on Long Island, so the quite large suburban island stretching eastward from New York City. Grew up there um, and went to uni in New York. And then at some point, I decided to move over the Atlantic to do my master's in London. And I did uh, nice. my, my master's in war studies. I, I've always studied international relations. I always thought I was going to be a diplomat or join an NGO or something okay. like that. And um and yeah, I did my one year master's in war studies and decided I didn't necessarily want to maybe not be a diplomat anymore. So I I was kind of weighing up what the hell I wanted to do with my life. And I thought I might as well try my, uh, my hand in journalism or writing or research. And I had always been a kind of fanboy is too strong a term, but I mean, I always loved Monocle. Um, I had 
subscribed or rather, I actually I didn't subscribe. I, I read the magazine for the past kind of like five years and I saw they were hiring a team to launch a new 24 hour radio station. Mm. Um, and this was in 2010, quite a while ago and basically raised my hand, applied and I got in as the kind of the first, one of the first researchers, um, on mm -hmm. Monocle 24 before it launched a couple months later. So we essentially helped build um, the groundwork for what would become the radio station and the, you know, all the shows that then came after. Cool. Um, yeah, I mean, it's it's funny speaking to you because I was an avid listener when uh, Monocle 24 launched and you were all over there a lot. <laughs> so it's kind of weird <laughs> having you actually speaking to the voice of Monocle 24. Yeah, well, yeah, the former, one of the former voices, yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, and interestingly, I also almost became your colleague at Monocle back all that time ago. Um, no way. I was offered the job as their first in-house web developer. Oh, um, man, I didn't know that at all. Wow. Yeah, no. <laughs> yeah I eventually went um, to Saudi Arabia instead and took a different <laughs> job, but <laughs> we were almost colleagues. Monocle in Marlebone or Saudi Arabia? <laughs> how did you how, how did you make that call? I guess I guess the pay is better in Saudi. Um, I, th I don't think it was much different, <laughs> but there's, there's obviously like tax differences between the two countries. Yeah, um, <laughs> zero tax in Saudi. Uh, yeah, it's just like a, a cool opportunity that arose, um, yeah, and we just me and my wife went out there. Very cool. Um, we were there for like three years and had our first two kids out there. It's yeah, a great experience. Wow, you were there for three years. That's incredible, man. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's a good time. Very cool. Um, so yeah, your, your work at Monocle, you, you were hired for the radio station. And you, I think you changed position a few times what, during your time there? Yeah, well, I, I mean, I started as a researcher. Um, so basically, you know, my job nine years ago, um, you know, right out of my master's degree. It was basically just researching guests, booking guests for the live radio shows, um, all of the kind of grunt work basically. And then eventually I, um, I took on um, like an associate kind of producer role for the business show, which was at that point um, hosted by the business editor of Monocle, who was um, a guy named Jonathan Openshaw. Um, and I was kind of helping Jonathan book guests come up with ideas for the shows um, for those weekly pre-recorded shows. So, you know, back then and, and still now, I suppose they have live new shows and then they also have these weekly pre-recorded kind of hour long or half hour long, um, like magazine shows, one of which was mm -hmm. business related. And then eventually a couple of years later, I, I took on the show myself and I became the, you know, the host, the producer, the, the guy behind the, the mic. And I, I did that for, yeah, five, six years. Did you work on any of the magazine stuff or was it strictly, are they kind of separate teams working on? I really didn't. Separate? I mean, well, they're not necessarily separate. I mean, um, again, back then, you know, I left a couple of years ago, but back then um, some of the magazine's section editors, as they call them, you know, the person who looks after the culture section or the design section, yeah. they, they often hosted, yeah, they often hosted the, the mag, the, you know, the magazine podcasts that were associated yeah. with their section. Um, I didn't, I mean, I, I, to be honest, I sat with the magazine guys, but I really had not much to do with the print magazine whatsoever. Um, you know, we would all go on the road together when there was a, a book launch or when there was an event. Um, but 
you know, I, I wrote the odd little, like, you know, a couple hundred words here and there for various mm -hmm. things. But, but no, I, when I came to Courier, I was a complete virgin in the world of how mm -hmm. to make a print magazine. It was a new experience right. to me. I was, I was pretty damn good at making podcasts. And, um, <laughs> you know, after seven years of doing that, I mean, you know, you could do it with your hands, you know, tied up, but I had no mm -hmm. idea uh, about how to do a print magazine. So, I mean, just hearing that, how did you then get the job? Did you go straight into the editor role? No, I didn't. I, yeah, I mean, I suppose I'll back up. So I, you know, I was at Monocle for about six years, I think six and a half years, um, maybe a bit longer. And then I just was kind of eager to find a new thing I could do that would kind of use my knowledge of startups and business and kind of cool businesses and interesting businesses. So um, to be honest, there's not much out there in the media world. And I was really, really interested in Courier, which was at that point a a free magazine that I had always read. You know, you would find it in stacks in coffee shops and cafes and cool um, hotel lobbies and co-working spaces. And it would be a, it would just be really good, solid reporting about London's startup scene, lo local London startups um, and cool businesses and people. And it kind of grew a cult following in London. I mean, it was around from 2013, 2014. It came out a couple times a year. It was free, kind of newspaper style format, um, but a bit nicer paper. And um, I kind of, I had interviewed the two founders of Courier on The Entrepreneurs way back in the day. Um, and Jeff Taylor and Soa Panja, they were the founders uh, originally. And I was just, eager to see if they had a position open. And then I subsequently found out they were hiring for deputy editor. So applied, got the job, quit Monocle, um, and went on as deputy editor at Courier. Um, okay. And not too long after that, um, Soeb, who was the editor at the time, he left the company. And I was thrown into the deep end, um, and I became editor. And that was about, you know, two years ago, a year and a half, two mm -hmm. years ago. Feels like um, a decade ago. <laughs> um, can you so I'm, I'm a magazine reader and a fan but i'm not like i'm not well versed in all the different roles and different titles and stuff what is a deputy editor versus an editor obviously one's kind of above the other one but what is what, what was your role as a deputy yeah editor? kind of i mean there's magazines of all sorts of half made up half real titles i mm -hmm. mean you know usually a magazine has an editor-in-chief um and they're the you know the be-all and end-all of editorials mm -hmm. so you know they guide the overall editorial direction. They input every now and then in specific stories they want to be told. Um, you know, they guide on quality and you know uh, all that kind of higher level stuff. You often have an editorial director too, who's kind of at that level, who has an you know an oversight of various editorial properties from a magazine to a podcast to a newspaper. Um, the editor of the magazine itself, they are the day to day, you know. Um, operator who you know runs the, the magazine so they look after the other the other editors they kind of guide the day-to-day -day commissioning and the deadlines and all that stuff um often at you know bigger magazines or even small magazines you'll have a deputy editor who's kind of like the um, the number two so all the mm -hmm. stuff that the editor doesn't want to do the deputy editor kind mm -hmm. of does they're like the you know there's the person you can trust to do everything you need to do and then mm -hmm. Quite at the same level, you often have a managing editor, which is a more um, 
depending on the magazine, it could be a highly editorial job or it could be a completely not editorial job and purely admin managerial job, um, you know, invoices, internships, making sure things are happening on time. Every magazine is completely different though. Sometimes the managing editor role is incredibly editorial and they're writing stories every issue. Mm. Um, so yeah, when I transitioned from the deputy uh, to the editor role, it was, you know, it's going from like the number two to, um, to the, the main person who actually runs the day to day. And is there, is there more kind of hands-on content work in one of the roles from, well, in your experience at that career? Uh, well, like I mean, creating it, content. Yeah. Well, I mean, at, at a small magazine like Courier, everybody does everything, right? So, mm-hmm. um, I mean, at the moment we have, um, we have, we have various sections of the magazine. We have workshop, we have the briefing section, we have the now section, we have the life section, the comment section. Um, so we don't have all too many people at Courier. I mean, we're growing quickly, but we have about four people on the editorial team. Um, and everybody pretty much looks after one or two sections, um, including myself. So, you know, I have oversight of the whole editorial operation of the magazine itself, but I also tend to like looking after like the life section. Um, myself, which is kind of, you know, really cool lifestyle businesses, beautiful homes, cool hotels, great products. We just introduced a new section called catalog. Um, so, it, you know, it's very different than the the hard, hard nose kind of like really in-depth um, stats filled features that we have in our briefing section. Um, it's a more of kind of a fun section to look after. Um, so I, I, I've given myself that, um, that section. <laughs> Um, yeah, I mean, one of the main things about Korea, as I've kind of watched it from afar over the years, is how it's changed from that free kind of newsprint magazine uh, that yeah. you mentioned before through to this kind of compact, solid, like in-depth, but also like it's like a good balance of business and the lifestyle stuff that you're talking about and startups right. and like more more developed brands. How much of that has was you <laughs> and how much of that was kind of set up at the beginning was was it always going to be a newsprint or had it was it always going to move yeah, I mean, into I, this kind of other other type of magazine yeah i can't i can't take credit at all for that decision to at all i mean that that decision was made before i got there and, and in fact the the first issue of the rebrand as it were so you know we went from this newsprint style um free sheet to this magazine format um a lot more pages and you know a bit of a harder cover um, that issue actually launched uh, right before I got to Courier. Um, okay. Since then, we've evolved. You know, we we like to say like every issue is kind of an evolution of the one mm-hmm. before. I mean, we constantly just iterate and change and tweak. Um, we've had like two maybe quite major ish rebrands since then, um, just in terms of like the size of the thing and um, the sections within. Um, and we, we changed kind of the, the cover a bit, the masthead, the logo at the top, we made a bit bigger, little cosmetic things here and there. Um, but yeah, man, it's been a, it's been quite a journey of, um, taking this thing from a, uh, London based free sheet to now we're in, you know, nearing 30 countries, um, around the world. And we just have a really growing global subscriber base. It's, I mean, it's been incredibly exciting, exciting times the past two years. Yeah. Um, and nowadays you also, <laughs> alongside Korea, you create a free magazine for London. Yeah. So we went back to our free routes. I mean, the problem is when you have a product like 
we used to have that was just sitting in cafes. You'd have like, you know, 15 to 20 of them in a stack. And then all of a sudden you're nowhere uh, because we pulled all of that, obviously, because now the magazine is five pounds and in, you know, proper stores around the world. We pulled all of that. Um, you know, some people wonder, well, where's Courier? So that's that was one thing where we, we had people who used to read us who maybe not um, – Maybe didn't know that they could get us at like WH Smiths or Barnes and Noble or whatever. Okay. Um, and on the other hand, we also said, well, hmm, who's doing a really good uh, kind of like a local food drink retail magazine for what I can do in my city this month? There's not all that many. I mean, you have obviously Time Out and you have a few other free um, newspapers and magazines you get uh, of varying quality, but we thought there was a real need for a free newspaper that had kind of Courier's very specific aesthetic lens of like, this is a really interesting small business. Um, and it's not just like, you know, a list of, and I say this with all due respect, but you know, just like stand up comedy acts or like, you know, burlesque shows or just like things to do that most people actually probably wouldn't do, but that is often listed in these like free magazines. So we mm -hmm. thought, let's just strip it back to like food, drink, and chops, the best openings and the best kind of, you know, interviews that month in London. And uh, we'll call it Courier London. And, and we launched it. Um, and it's doing really, really well. We're in like 700 stockists, basically. And by stockists, I mean, okay. you know, caf cafes and, and yeah, hotels places. and stuff like that. <laughs> um around london and yeah it's it's a monthly thing we have a mini operation within the team that kind of looks after it um we haven't hired anybody else to do this we kind of we're using our existing editorial resources and um it's fun i mean and the master plan is to do this globally so yeah i was, I was gonna ask yeah <laughs> name naming it korea london kind of sets it up to be like a new york or a tokyo or 100 yeah. percent um yeah I mean, maybe not Tokyo, but definitely maybe Hong Kong, maybe Berlin, okay. maybe New York, kind of English speaking, um, you know, well, not English speaking, but places where there's a lot of English speakers and a lot mm -hmm. of startups like Berlin, like New York, that needs right. and wants kind of an interesting local things to do in newspaper. And again, these markets all have their own versions of this. I mean, we're not reinventing the wheel here at all, but it's a really interesting way to you know, to introduce ourselves to local readers. Hey, we're Courier. Um, and then, you know, you might also be interested in these other things we do, the monthly magazine, the podcast. We do quite a lot of events. Um, so it's a really good tool to introduce fresh faces to the world of Courier. Mm. Uh, how do you then balance those two products alongside each other? They're kind of the same medium. They're the same type of content. How, how, how do you like saw that out and especially in a small team you said there's four people <laughs> a bit different content it's um you know the magazine is more you know the magazine is trying to be and i think we i think we are um like the bible for modern business so that that's the goal right so okay. when you launch a business a jewelry brand a fintech app a street uh you know a street food truck whatever the next unicorn we want you to be like right I'm going to get my domain name. I'm going to register all my stuff. I'm going to do my branding. And then I'm going to get a courier subscription or membership because the insights that we'll give you on everything you need to know about how to do business in 2020 um, is just so large for the value. So, I mean, that's the business model, really. You know, we teach people how to do, how to run businesses and we inspire people, you know, 
to create new businesses. Um, so that's the goal of the magazine. And, you know, we deliver that through case studies, through really good stories, through tips, through expert, you know, insights. The newspaper is kind of like, you know, the younger brother of the magazine in that we're not, we're not going to have really in-depth business profiles in the newspaper at all. I mean, the use case for the newspaper is we want you as someone who's popping into a cafe to pick up Courier London and know within 15 minutes, ah, I I came away with like 10 amazing restaurants, cafes and shops to visit Mm -hmm. this month. You might not learn about the business models behind them or what, you know, the, the margin is on a flat white like you would in, in the magazine. But you'll just have a big old amazing list of things to do. So mm-hmm. it lives in the same world. I mean, it goes through the same, you know, um, kind of lens of like what what is a cool, interesting business, but the very different beasts, albeit related. Okay, so the, the newspaper is more like the what, and then the magazine is kind of the how and the why behind business? That's an interesting way of putting it. Yeah, definitely. Um, yeah, I mean, as a... I'm not really a kind of business owner. I don't own like brands or anything, but I, I'm so like inspired every time I read Career because it's just people doing stuff and kind of going out there and making their dreams come true, which is it's just, yeah, a great read. Okay, so what is next for you and for Career? What's next? Uh, well, I launched a podcast a couple months ago called Workshop. Um, I should say yeah, career fan. launched. <laughs> Thanks, man. Um, <laughs> so it's a weekly weekly podcast that runs for, well, we're on our second season now, and season two is coming to a close. So, um, yeah, I just love being back behind uh, the mic again and interviewing mm. really cool entrepreneurs. Um, it's a different show than what I'm used to doing um, in that this is a show about really like zeroing in on failures and challenges of entrepreneurs and how they coped with like the unexpected. Um, Mm -hmm. So it's really fun to do. Um, So we're going to keep doing that. And Courier is just going to keep growing. We have a lot of good stuff planned for next year. Um, We have a lot of interesting digital things we have up our sleeve. Um, More audio things we have up our sleeve and we're going to keep growing our events arm. Uh, We just had Courier Live, our big annual festival, which Mm -hmm. was a lot of fun. And we're awesome. going to be doing a lot more of that kind of stuff. Yeah, yeah, it was really how fun. Did, how did that? How did that go? It was great. We had like more than a thousand people. You know, forty speakers. Um, it was a really just a really fun event. Mm. Uh, really, really fun business event, which is a rare thing these days. <laughs> and um, it's yeah. the second one we've ever done. So it's you know we hope to do a lot more events like that. Yeah. Cool. Well, thanks for taking the time out um, to come on the show and discuss your magazine experiences. Um, do you have any magazines that you would recommend to others listening? Uh, well, besides Courier, I'm an avid reader of, I mean, it's a bit boring because everybody probably says this, but I read The New Yorker and The Economist religiously. Um, mm-hmm. I read Apartamento um, because I absolutely love everything they put in that magazine. Um, I can't read Popeye, the Japanese magazine, but I'm obsessed with it um, and its design. And um, we get a lot of inspiration design-wise from that magazine. Um, they do a lot. They do a lot on the page. It's a maximalist, beautiful kind of like mm-hmm. crazy way of making a magazine. <laughs> um, yeah, I would say those magazines are pretty much what I have on my newsstand, my newsstand, my coffee table right now. Cool. All right. Well, thanks again, and um, yeah, all the best. And, thanks so much, Dan. Catch you soon. Talk soon. No worries. Cheers.
you for listening, and thanks to Danny for coming on for a chat. As ever, you can listen to previous Mag Heroes episodes at magheroes.net, or just search for Mag Heroes in any podcast app. If you're not already subscribed, it's the best way to catch all future episodes. Are you a career reader? Let me know your thoughts on the magazine on Twitter by tweeting at MagHeroes. I share the mags I buy, read and enjoy at Dan's Mags on Instagram. And I'll catch you in a couple of weeks in the next episode. Cheers! Cheers!